Welcome to Candid Conversations with Dr. Mayfield. This episode is sponsored by Mayfield Counseling Centers, helping you find clarity, hope, and purpose. Call us at 719-452-4803. Here's your host, Trevor Sherry. Welcome back to the conversation. Uh, if you read the title of this podcast, you're probably already super excited. I uh, hope you're in a cool space because things are going to get a little <laughs> bit warm in here just with uh, the conversation topic. If you do have little kids um, that you want to protect their ears from uh, conversations about intimacy, now would be a good time. We are going to be talking about sex, yes. uh, which is going to be uh, a blast. We had a great time with David Galvan of Life network and education for a lifetime last time and he is back in the studio with us uh david would you just quickly remind us what your role is yeah i'm the director of education for a lifetime a department of prevention at life network and so we get the opportunity to speak to students on a regular basis about making healthy choices around sexual activity and around relationships and so we do that over the course of five days in public independent or charter schools around here and so we have that great opportunity i just have to say david i'm really proud of trevor for holding back the desire and the urge to sing let's talk about sex baby there there it goes i saw the cue coming he he almost (laughs) almost Almost, did Almost it. made it through. Almost did it. I we'll can't see help the next it. time. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Every time I'm writing this in our podcast catalog, it comes up. It it's, comes up. Yeah. He caught so himself catchy. and then no. <laughs> but it, it, this is such an important conversation for us to have. So right. let's talk about sex. Let's mm-hmm. have this conversation. Last uh, time on uh, Let's Talk About Sex Baby Part One, yep. we talked about how this is a super important conversation to have with our kids and that it's not just the single talk. It is a continuing conversation that we should be having with our kids and that it can start with other deep and meaningful conversations that lead into sex. We also mentioned, and I want to start with this, that it's okay to say, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Yep. And I know that you had some more thoughts on that. Yeah, I actually think that any time that you don't know, uh, the research is out there for you. Um, I actually think even in your friend base, that research is out there. Your friends will know. I love the fact that in social media, you can post something and everyone will give you an opinion. And so you're so- saying ask our friends about sex? <laughs> yeah, is that yeah, what you're saying? Is- <laughs> yes. So I'm actually creating game nights around this topic. So uh, dinner parties, I can see it now. And so the reason why I would say that is because, you know, even in regards to um, things that are changing in our culture, yeah. you know, we're not going to always know what our kids are going to come up to next. Like, I don't know what's the next fad. I don't know what's the next cool thing going to happen. It just organically happens. You didn't see Tide Pods coming? I didn't see Tide Pods coming at all. (laughs) Who Who did? (laughs) I didn't see what that was looking like. I mean, we get these fads that come in and they go and then they become normalized. And and there's a lot that goes on with it. So I think, you know, being interested during this time and this season of our, our culture with our kids is a big deal. Yeah. So how do we engage with this culture? I mean, it's it's hard for me even as somebody who's just in college and right. I don't have any kids. I'm not I, I'm not totally disconnected with high school, but I'm not in it. I don't know all of the new things like the calculator plus app and right. uh, just the, the craziness that our kids have access to. Which I just found out about the calculator plus app about a 
couple of days ago from a high school student. <laughs> right. What? And that's perfect. That's a, a perfect segue to the fact that the best way to know any of this is to continue to stay interested in what your student is doing. Hmm. Don't necessarily automatically knock them for having something on their phone. Asking questions of what is that? What does that do? How does that work? Yeah. Show me and show some type of interest in that uh, software or whatever that app is and whatever that thing is. Without freaking out. Without freaking out, right? And that's like the best poker face that you have to put on. Hmm. As a parent, you got to say, I'm not thrilled internally. You know, this is the inside out moment. Everything's going off in your brain. <laughs> yeah, right. And you're like, you just want to charge at them. Right. I think you're going to see more benefit and more dividends come out of you saying, hey, what is that? And asking questions versus accusing and really what you were saying last time of really being um, interested in what they're doing. Yeah. And I think that's going to help your student to be um, more vulnerable. They're going to be more um, aware of telling you stuff. And you're going to be able to read your students' facial expressions and realize they know that they're not supposed to be on that or something's wrong with it. And I want I mean, that's an awkward conversation. These lead to be awkward situations. Yep. But there is such reward in fighting through that awkwardness oh. of fighting through the beat red, your face is on fire, and just being willing to, to invest. Because it's both ways. I mean, yep. you and the student are going to have the same beat red face yes. and awkward, and it's going to be hard. But eventually, I, I think that that awkwardness tapers off and it right. becomes a more natural part of our conversation, which yeah. is honestly where it should be. Cause right. it's such a, it's such a part of who we are as individuals. Every single person has some sort of sexuality yep. that they have to learn and understand. Yeah. And if we're not doing that, if we're only doing that in the privacy of the shadows yeah. and not able to actually interact with other humans on that, yeah. what does that say? I mean, we look at the past few conversations we've had about how we need relationship I think it's interesting, uh, just thinking back to my conversation, this is not a knock on my dad or anything, mm -hmm. but you know, pornography became a very real part of my struggle when I was in middle school and mm -hmm. into high school. And it was, it was that age where, you know, it was, you had to go into the bookstore to find it. And that yeah. was very embarrassing and, you know, and, and shameful and that kind of stuff to now this, the, the dial up internet. Yep. And 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 he dial up had, internet. Remember the yeah. dial? Well, <laughs> yeah. that's, I'm, I'm aging myself here a little bit, but yeah, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight. Yep. And and he, there was not not that he didn't want to. I don't think he knew how to. Yeah. Uh, become educated on that, and I think, you know, I then you know struggled through high school and through college. You know, of going, I don't know how to. I don't know how to have conversations around this. Right. But the reason I bring that up is I think our parents, in some ways, our the parents that we're talking to, they're listening to this, yeah. probably are going. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. Yep. It's like we, we're going from the book you know, the bookstore to the you know, dial-up internet, right and now we're going like dial-up internet to like like I have more power in this iPhone I'm holding right now, yeah. and I can access more sexual content that is not healthy, right? In, in a matter of seconds, and I, how do I have that comfort? How do I right. do that? And it's that engaging the kids in that level. Yep. I even think uh, we as parents think that tension is something that is not healthy. Mm. <laughs> right. When in reality, that tension does not indicate something's wrong. 
It actually it gives us a opportunity and it should be calling us to say, hey, this is an opportunity for me to engage my yeah. student or my child in a conversation. Intention is okay. It doesn't mean something's wrong, bad, or ugly. That's a good lesson for life. Yes. Right? <laughs> right? Right? You're, you're talking <laughs> to two existentialists. Who, that's like our core, core belief right. about the world. So, right. yeah. And so that tension's great. And so even like, you know, what you're talking about with technology, we have to realize that when we see this iPhone, this iPhone literally just turned 10 years old, 10 years old. And it has like, it like got us into an era super fast, expedited the whole process of all this information in our hands. And now we took something that's out in this cloud, this, this ambiguous thing, and now it's in our hands and we can see it on a regular basis. And so as parents, we've got to have those conversations around some of those things, especially on a cultural level. Some of those things would be number one. I'd probably say that around the context of sexting, Anything of sending sexually explicit images, um, having a conversation with your children of what they think is healthy and unhealthy to be sent across um, technology would be a great conversation. Well, and even some things I've had with parents and even teens is the consequences that that could bring too. Mm-hmm. Right? If if your boyfriend's eighteen and you're seventeen or sixteen, yeah, like there's some pretty significant laws that laws are in place yep. and 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 things that the eighteen year old could be charged with. Yeah. Right. And we don't talk about that. No, we don't know that. We don't right. really engage that. And even just as of recently, a few years ago, where a case where there was multiple students that were involved in sharing sexually explicit images mm-hmm. of students at their school actually brought that to the top of the desks of our Senate here in Colorado to have to make different um, decisions around the laws because we're still learning about these laws and what to imply, uh, what to um, enforce and what not to yeah. because there's this thing's gone so fast and, and expedited so fast. And so sexting is definitely a conversation I, I would encourage um, our parents to have with our students to see what our students know and don't know and what they think is safe and yeah. unsafe. So real quick, with with that, let's yeah. let's practical. Practical. I know we're gonna get more practical as we do more yeah. podcasts around this. So so how would you have a conversation with your kid around sexting? Well, I would I would first initiate a conversation of what they think is healthy to do on and and not on your device. So what can you share or not share? What um what should you be sending and not sending via text, Snapchat, Insta stories, your direct messages, and really asking your student. The next question is what forms of of communication do you use? Are they using Snapchat? Are they using Instagram? Yeah. Do they have a Facebook? And and really getting into that world of them. So some of them are using uh, uh, kicks and, and that may not be the healthiest thing. And so as a parent researching those modes of communication, I think the second thing is to really educate your student on what's um, the moment that they send something on their device, it becomes public. Yeah. Helping them understand that. Mm, yes. Uh, many of the high schools and schools that I've been in, the moment I ask them a question, I say, how many of us in the room have actually actually seen an image that was not sent to us. Yeah. And I would say probably close to 70, 75% of the students in the classroom will raise their hand. They were not the ones who received it, but they saw someone else's images. So helping that your student understand that, hey, this image, as much as you like your boyfriend or girlfriend, may not just be shared with yeah. only them. In the spring of this year, there was a teacher who was talking to his students about how fast news travels, yeah. how fast information on the internet can travel. So he, he posted a tweet, and all it said was news travels fast. Yeah. Within an hour, it had like 1.9 million retweets it had been across the world and so it just showed like 
within an hour, 1.9 million yeah. had seen it, had reposted it. And uh, well, there's more that saw it because that was just the retweets. Yeah. Uh, and so we have a culture where I think we I think we genuinely believe that if I send uh, something, yep. anything, a picture of myself on a ski trip to a friend, we believe that that only goes to the friend. Yep. And that doesn't go anywhere else. Right. But that's not. That's not true. That's, That's not, not accurate at all. No. And actually, what we the next thing I would tell our students is that um, the moment you post something, you can't get it back. Mm. Something that most of our students don't know or most of our children don't understand is that, oh, I could delete it or I could get it back. I mean, this is the... You can delete it, but it's still out there. Right. Yeah. Right. It is still available whether you think you've lost it or not. These computer devices these electronic devices are brilliant that's why it's a smartphone i mean they're brilliant they hold information in a way that that stuff's still sitting out there and so helping our students understand some of those things and then and then i I would say lastly as a as a family coming around the table and saying hey what would be our guidelines or our boundaries around electronic devices Hmm. What are some of those guidelines? What are, do we do? We turn them off at ten, or, or are they off at the dinner table? Do we check them in? What there's a lot of resources out there to talk about how to be a a smart or what we call tech wise family. Or also though, why you know why not? Why do you have to give your kid a phone at nine years old? Right. Oh my they don't gosh! Have to yeah. have a smartphone at nine right. years old, but people are giving it to them because how we're supposed to. Right. Like so, I mean, being okay to have boundaries like that. I mean, I, we joke that my family, my girls, are growing up in a counselor's home. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but there's some, I mean, some truth to that. Yeah. But like, like my nine year old came home from church the other day and go. Uh, so when am I going to get a phone? I'm like, so first of all, why are you asking that yeah. question? Who told you that? And, and, and she said, well, one of her friends, at, you know, 10 years old at, at church got a phone. And I'm like, oh, so, well, gosh. not in our family. Our family is going to do it when you start driving and here's why. And it wasn't just a no because I said so. It was a yeah. a, a reasonable answer. But, right. but I think parents feel like they have to be pressured into everybody, you know, and our schools don't help. I'm, I'm no, not trying no, to blame no, anybody, no. but the fact that some schools require an iPad or an yeah. iPhone or a computer. Right doesn't mean that parents still can't put boundaries around that right peer pressure does not end because we left school no right oh no and it actually some to some degree is very difficult as a parent especially with technology nowadays and the the advance of it being in your hands and so readily available that parents feel very pressured into um, buying these devices for their kids. And, and and I was actually in a meeting with parents and one of the parents came up to me afterwards and was like, thank you so much for giving us the permission as parents to not have to get devices for our right. kids. And I, and I would say that to even the listeners is that if you're in a situation where you're in tension with that, you're like, man, do I do it? Do I not? It's not a status symbol. Like yeah. just because your kid has a phone does not mean you're a cool parent. Right, and if that's what your parenting <laughs> style is, then I would ask some other questions There's and some say other issues that, <laughs> <in> <laughs> that we would yeah. talk about, and nothing wrong in the sense that your kid has a phone. But again, there's a lot more things to talk about, like we did on sexting. Right. Right. And how many of us survived through? high school all the way up until our 20s or further without a phone. I mean, yes. I didn't, I, I gra- I'm going to date myself here, yeah. but I graduated high school in 2011 and I didn't get a phone until like 
right at 2011. Yeah. And I, I mean, I survived. Right. It was difficult at times, but yep. there was always somebody's phone that I could use or a, or a pay phone or something. We can survive right. without them. Yeah. I think as parents, we set the precedence. Yes, absolutely. We set the precedent. If we're on that phone 100% of the time, and, and there was a recent study that I heard that said most of us, I think you were actually mentioning this at a recent discourse, that most of us on average, how many seconds? We'll actually look at each other eye to eye. 30 seconds. 30 seconds of looking eye to eye to one another. And we're losing the value and the understanding of what eye to eye contact does. And so, again, it begins with us as parents. We have to take responsibility in in the parenting and the guiding and the instructing of our own children. So if that's some of the steps for, for, you know, how to talk to your kids about sexting, it's not so scary. No. It's pretty, it's pretty simple. It's because it's just conversation again. It's not a lecture. You don't have to know anything really. You just have to be able to ask questions and be a great question asker. I mean, it would lead us even into the next one that could be even more awkward. I think the thing that we have to, on a cultural level, we're like, what do I do with pornography with my kids? Yeah. And yes, I just said that, but like, what do I do? Well, we have to know some studies show us number one, that the largest viewing age of pornography right now is 12 to 17. Hmm. As unfortunate that is, that um, most sites actually say you have to be 18. The reality, the readiness available of these images, 12 to 17-year-olds are the largest. Most have seen their first pornographic image by the age of 11. Some studies and research are showing us that's becoming younger. Younger. Um, Even on YouTube, I would highly encourage parents to not just put on YouTube for your kids and think that everything's okay because they're watching Minnie Mouse or they're watching, you know, whatever, um, Octonauts or whatever that may be because they are actually, there are some people out there that will actually put in a pornographic image or video scene for a minute inside there or 30 seconds that your kid's seeing along the way. And so we want to be aware of that. So those are some of the, even just the small statistics on there. I mean, people think that pornography um, may or may not affect someone, but even on a mental health level, they actually show, studies have shown us that twice as many people who use internet pornography are reported to have severe clinical depression compared to non-users. Say that one more time. Twice as many people who use internet pornography are reported to have severe clinical depression as compared to non-users. And it's because hmm. of the do- dopamine hits. I mean, yes. it's because that we're overactivating our dopamine receptors. And now when that goes away, we're left with this void. Right. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, a, I mean, it's the, you know, the addiction ebb and flow. We don't think it's going to be an addiction because, you know, I'm not putting a substance in my body or whatever. Right. But it's affecting the body maybe in a lesser way, but similar. Than yeah. And it's even affecting relationships. It's, it's, it's not just even on a mental health level. Right. It's affecting relationships. 56% of divorces involved at least one of the person having an excessive interest in pornographic websites. Hmm. So now we're, we're, we're seeing like it says that uh, pornography, the research shows that pornography increases the marital infidelity rate by more than 300 percent. Wow. That's a lot. That's a that's a very significant yeah. number. When you think about even just let's go into their future, like the, our children's future and thinking that one third of addicts that that are pornography addicts that are viewing pornography, one third of them will lose their jobs because of it. 56% of them suffer major financial loss. Dang. So now we're seeing something that, hey, this is a big deal. So let's talk Let's talk practical. You're like, well, what do I do with this conversation yeah. with my yeah. kids? Number one, I would say this. Don't go and pull up websites and be like, are you watching this? Are you watching this? Are you doing this? <laughs> might not Thanks be, for that clarification, not, David. It may not be very good. I, I want to make sure that was clear. <laughs> 
Number two, ask questions. Mm-hmm. Ask questions. Ask your student questions of, hey, what are you viewing? Why are you viewing this? Is this something that's... And, and don't be so interrogating. But ask questions so that you can have understanding. Yeah. Because your, your child's probably asking for some type of attention, understanding, or something. And then again, this behavior is modeled by us as parents. So as parents, if this is something that we're navigating or that we're wrestling with, then we ask that you get the help and the resources that are available to yeah. you. There's very good resources out there. One website I'll plug is um, fightthenewdrug.org. Yep. Fightthenewdrug.org is a great website. has a lot of good steps for parents to get some research under their belt before even having the conversation. Yeah. And then, you know, a book that I really like too is Your Braid on Porn. And it's a very practical guide as well to, to what those, you know, what's going on. Yeah. So you can have a, a non-ethereal conversation, but yeah. more of a scientific conversation too. And right. for the faith community, there's a book, Surfing for God, which was really impactful for me. I also want to say to this that you have resources in counseling as well. So if this is a personal issue for you as a parent, right. seek some help. Yep. You, I mean, the, 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 chains of pornography and sexual addiction of any kind is shame Mm -hmm. it keeps you so that you will not reach out and so the best way to model this for your kids if you're in that situation is to reach out but you can also have some of these conversations with a counselor you know i I mean it may look like having a session with a therapist where you're processing some of the things that have happened a family counseling session where you're you're saying okay as a family we have not done this well or we haven't done anything about this right how can we need to have these conversations and we need to do it in a safe way yep this goes back to a lot of what we talked about you're not going to know it all you're not going to see it all you're not going to be able to take it all in because media is going to change and it's going to continue to morph into something else you know right now we all think oh everybody's on snapchat and and everybody's on instagram but that may change. Yeah. That may change tonight. And Facebook's we don't know. Facebook's for old people now. Facebook's yeah. for old people. Snapchat's for these groups. And then it changes. And, and I don't know what that is and how that works, but I do know that the more interest that we can have. Another resource I would give to parents, and, and then we can uh, carry on. But really, um, if you don't know the language of your child, or if you don't know the language that your child's using, there may be slang terminology that you're, you're using thinking, oh, I'm going to use that because I want to <laughs> sound cool. And it may not sound so cool. Uh, it may not be what you think it's saying. Sexual connotation that you're not. Yes, yeah, that I mean. you're completely unaware of. And and I would highly recommend um, as a resource for use Urban Dictionary yeah. having that app on your yep. phone. So when your kids say something and they don't want to tell you what it is, you can instantaneously put that word into your phone and realize. Oh, Urban Dictionary. You said? Urban Dictionary, yeah. Super and it's a small too. small little app on your phone, and I think it could be a great resource nice. to use parents. Yeah. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to have you back several more times just to keep our listeners on their toes. (laughs) Uh, I have so enjoyed this conversation. And I know that for our listeners, we've talked about some things that may pull up some wounds, may pull up something that is not just uncomfortable, but painful. And I want you to know that there are safe places where you can go and you can process through some of that pain. Mayfield Counseling Centers is one of those. And as we've offered before, if you don't want to go with Mayfield counseling centers you can still call us and we will help you find somebody Mm -hmm. we want to be a resource to you and we want to make sure that you are growing as an individual and that identity is being spoken into you and so don't let the shame or the pain 
overcome you work through that awkwardness yeah. push through it because it's so worth it yeah and, and don't allow it to overtake you that it um, disarms you from having conversations or disables you I should say from having conversations with your children mm. to help them grow as most parents I think we all want better for our children thank you for joining candid conversations if you would like more information go to mayfieldcounseling.com slash candid conversations and check out our facebook page candid conversations with dr mayfield